Disability Talks with Shane. Talking all things disability. ADEC NDOS department not only assist with various services including disability support but can also advocate on your behalf with housing, Centrelink and NDIS access and appeals. Advocate Rosa Gerhardt joins me to explain more. Welcome to Disability Talk, Rosa. Thank you, Shane. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you. Why did you start with your role at ADAG and what is the business about? So, um, yeah, so I'm from ADEC um, and I'm an advocate there. So ADEC stands for Action on Disability Within Ethnic Communities. So there's a few different things happening um, in our, um, yeah, it's a not-for-profit. So we help with NDIS, we're a provider, we have support workers. Um, We have community services, I'm part of that team. There's lots of stuff there. There's social support groups, um, capacity building projects. Um, There's even like an art group where people can come and uh, make art together. Um, And we have an aged care department. So, yeah, it's all going on. How do you access with housing? So, yeah, so... Um, I should probably say, um, yeah, as an advocate, we help with a lot of, um, a lot of different things. It's quite a general, um, help that we can give. So, um, so we're, like I said, we're part of the community services. So, um, people can come to us, um, and just, um, tell us what issue they're having, um, and then we'll make, sort of a specific client support plan for them. So um, some clients that come to us have issues with housing. And so, um, yeah, as quite a general service, we can help with that. Um, so, for example, um, it might be something just like making a housing application. Um, so for a lot of people, um, they might not actually be able to speak English and they might not know how housing applications work. So we work with interpreters um, and we can also explain a little bit about how it works in Australia and, you know, some of the options for them and also how the application could go a bit quicker, for example, um, if they add a few more areas to their application or things like that. So um, we help with the application side and then Sometimes there's people that have, um, you know, issues with their current house, um, but there can be some communication problems for them as well. So we can sort of, um, you know, talk to the tenancy team uh, and just like help with communication. And then, you know, and then there's people who, um, you know, might be at risk because of their, their, you know, specific needs. Um, and they're not getting into a house that's appropriate for them quick enough. And then in that case, we'll sometimes advocate for them to be considered out of turn for um, an appropriate property, given um, what they're facing. So those are some of the things we do with housing. And I also hear that you also work closely with Centrelink. 
So um, we, we're not as close as I would like to be with Fentany, but we do have some fantastic um, you know, people that we can call and um, ask about things from the multicultural services part of Centrelink. So they can be really helpful for our um, multicultural clients, basically, and give them a bit of specific support as well. So um, with Centrelink, some of the things I tend to see, um, you know, there might be an issue with someone's program of support, like their job plan, if they're with Centrelink. Um, so, you know, it might not be appropriate for them and they may not really understand their, you know, rights surrounding that, you know, that the job plan can be changed um, if it's not appropriate and things like that. So sometimes we can help also communicate um, with whoever they're working with at Centrelink. Um, yeah, and we also help people with um, disability support pension um, applications. So yeah, trying to help them get the DST, which um, is not an easy task. I'm sure anyone who's... That's um, not, a, that's not you, an easy task. No, no. It's, it's pretty tricky and there's a lot of um, there's a lot of things to, to that you sort of need to know about as well. Um, so yeah, we get we get some um, training around that and things to be aware of, and we're able to help sort of make those applications a bit stronger to just um, yeah so save people a bit of a bit of the inevitable headache of applying for DST. And with that. With me doing mine, it took us a heck of heck of time to get mine. I lost my paperwork about eight times. Oh yeah, I mean that. Honestly, that I hear that a lot from people. So yeah, you're not alone there. But um, yeah, it's it. Yeah, people often get rejected a couple of times as well before they get their DSP as well. Sometimes there's a few things they. Um, you know, they have to um, do first, like um, program support or, um, you know, they need different paperwork or things like that. So, yeah, you can get really um, repeat the application a few times as well. Yes, you do. It's not good. No, no, no. It's very, very difficult. And, yeah, I mean, um can add a lot of stress as well for people. So it can be... Um, can be good to have an advocate to help with something like that because it is so stressful um and the nice thing about um getting to be an advocate as well is you're just on that person's team so um you just got a, a teammate to help you get through um or work towards whatever goal you have so if it's dst you're not just um dealing with that on your own that's a very stressful application process I with the heart, and also a bit to add to that, you, they won't even pay you back if they, if you got it, and they won't back pay you. Uh, are you saying sometimes they don't back pay? Yeah, you sometimes they they, they won't back pay you if your mm. application's been approved, and they're waiting yeah. for it to get get approved again. This they should. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, sometimes. Um, yeah, the proper processes um, kind of there'll be a mistake as well. So sometimes if if you feel like there's something wrong with 
you know what's happened to your your application can be really good to um, also check in um, with an advocacy service to just um, yeah see see if you can get some help. For example, if you feel like there should be a back payment and no one's listening to you to get your um, another voice added to yours um, to just um, make sure you can uh, access your rights. Do you also get involved with the NDIS access or appeals? Yep. So um, we also help with access and appeals. So we do um, at ADAC have um, a specific NDIS department that does access and does appeals. Um, But because there's been such a high demand um, in advocacy, we're helping with that as well now. So, yeah, there's a real uh, shortage of advocates, I suppose, because there's so many appeals processes going on at the moment. Um, so, yeah, we're helping with that too. So um, it can be um, just the review process, a bit of help with that and advice, or it can be the internal, you know, the, it can be the, the, the regular review an internal review or then um, we can help people go to the AAC and support them through that process too. Can you expand on what the appeal side of stuff is? Yeah, so so basically if people, um, you know, if someone's not getting the fund they need and their funding's been cut and, um, yeah, they're not getting all the support they need, um, they can ask the NDIS to um, review that. Um, in my experience, that quite often comes back um, unchanged. They say, no, we've made the right decision. And then um, for a lot of people, they think there's not really um, an option beyond that. So most people just get a letter that says, um, you know, you, you can also contact the AAT. Um, but, you know, that sounds a bit intimidating. Um, it stands for the Administrative Appeals Tribunal. And it sounds like, oh, that sounds expensive. I might need a lawyer. Um, doesn't sound, you know, worth the hassle. Um, but, you know, I encourage people, um, if they don't have the support they need, um, to really um, stick up for their rights and... Um, you know, take it to the AAT. Um, you don't actually need an advocate for that either, but it can really help, um, you know, especially if, if um, you know, you might struggle with paperwork or things like that. So, um, yeah, we help people um, go to the tribunal. And what happens is um, through lawyers, the NDIA then has to explain um exactly why they haven't given you the funding you need and um, the evidence that you can give them um, to change their decision. So it's often the only time people get a really concrete idea of um, what kind of report the NDIA is actually expecting. So, um, yeah, it can help sort of clarify things for the future so people know, you know, what they're expecting, basically. Sometimes it can feel 
um, like a bit of a guessing game. What about the Disability Royal Commission's submissions? So, um, yeah, the Disability Royal Commission going on at the moment, um, looking into, um, you know, abuse and neglect and, you know, all of the issues facing people with disabilities at the moment in Australia. Um, so that's actually going to be wrapping up next year. And um, we help people, you know, put together submissions or um, they can even just write something themselves and submit to us or we can show them um, where to submit that. But um, for a lot of people, um, they might struggle um, you know, writing about that sort of thing or, um, you know, knowing what they want to put exactly. It can help, it can help to be a bit guided through the process. Um, and it's just an opportunity for people to talk about, you know, what's happened to them and how they think the system could be better for them and other people, you know, with similar issues. So, yeah, it's a really, um, it's really doing, um, Doing Australia a favour by by letting everyone know, um, you know what some of the problems are, um, and and making people aware of those, uh, and then that will be um, given to the government as recommendations, basically, of how to do better. Do you have any, do you have some general tips and tricks that you would like to share with my listeners? I think probably um, one of the big ones I would say is um, there is definitely a lot of help out there um, and if you're struggling, it's really good to just um, get in touch with someone and they may be able to refer you um, to someone else even if it's not exactly the person to speak to. So, you know, you can call the council or you can call... Um, Brotherhood of St. Lawrence or Uniting or anyone like that um, and or like ADEC um, who I work for and there's a lot of people who um, might be able to help you so for example um, advocacy um, like I do um, it's all free um, yes there's free support out there if you need it um, and a lot of free um, community services as well for people who want to be linked um, to the community. So, yeah, my number one would be um, um, just contact someone and they will be able to refer you on um, and there's, there's definitely support out there. If we need more information, where do we go? So um, you are welcome to visit our website. Everything is on there. So um, that's adec.org.au. Um, yeah, and we're, we're specifically for people with disabilities from ethnic communities. And that can also be, you know, mental health issues. Um, and it doesn't have to be diagnosed. So it's quite inclusive as well. Thanks for joining me on the podcast today, Boza. I really appreciate your time. Thanks for having me, Shane. Uh, I appreciate your time too. Thanks so much. Thank you.
That was another episode of Disability Talk with Shane. For more episodes, check us out on Spotify or check us a like on socials. Mm-hmm.